welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Are you leaking breast milk in between feedings? Now you can collect that milk rather than throw it away in your breast pads. And today's episode is also brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras. And we'll hear more about our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So if you can, and if you would, please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything or want anything. Check there and see if you can give your business to any of our sponsors. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and get episodes sent right to your inbox every Monday. And now Diane has our review of the week. Yes, this is from Morgan from Chicagoland. Oh, from right there on. by you. Yeah. And she says, thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you guys for creating this podcast. I'm nursing my second baby with never having been able to nurse my first postpartum depression, lack of knowledge, etc. With this pandemic, I'm home all day with my e-learning five-year-old and now seven-week-old breastfeeding and also getting ready to go back to work, thankfully from home as well. So needless to say, I can be a bit stressed and being so new to breastfeeding, I wasn't sure what was normal. My son was born three weeks early and seems to constantly want to be at the breast. And without having many people in my life who've breastfed, let's be honest, I have three friends who've breastfed their children, but those are all the people I know. It's been hard to convince my family and husband that everything is normal and we are all doing fine. I love listening to you guys in the middle of the night and I have to try not to laugh or yell, yeah, that's right. When you guys are outraged at something ridiculous and you really make me feel like I can do this and what we're going through with breastfeeding is normal. I love that I have another resource in my arsenal as well that I can refer my loved ones to when they don't want to accept my word. Thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing. You are both a godsend. Oh, what a nice review. Thank you. I know. Thank you. And congratulations on your success the second time around. That's really hard when yeah. the first time was a, such a struggle and, you know. And you have all the family around. Like I know. Like, filling your head with stuff. And you're trying to e-learn a five-year-old. Like, oh. oh, man, you're the godsend girl because right. I don't Seriously. know. That's some hard stuff. So I can't, you know, people are like, oh, are you like, how are your kids with the e-learning? I'm like, we're homeschooled. We're not doing that. I can't imagine. I cannot even wrap my brain around trying to get my kids to sit in front of a computer all day. I know. And you do, do, I can't even imagine it. I can't imagine them sitting in a classroom. And on top of it, I can't imagine them sitting in front of a computer all day. It would just, they would be, it wouldn't happen. I know. I know. You'd be called to the principal's office every day. I would, yeah, I'd be sending them to the principal's office down the hallway. <laughs> oh, you're in detention. Let's go. <laughs> so thank you for the review. We love it. Um, she put this one on iTunes, which is great. It really helps the podcast a lot. So if you can do that, that's awesome. If not, you can always send us an email, badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we get those too. So thank you so much. Today, Thanks. we are talking interventions, nipple shields. People ask us about those all the time. I think we've talked about them, but it's never been like an actual episode. Right. Maybe. Right. I don't know. We have like how many, like 180 episodes at this I point. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh yeah, back in like this date, we talked about Nipple Shields. Um, I have no idea. So yeah, so we're going to talk because I mean, it, it comes we'll up quite a bit, we just do it. Right? Yeah. And then when people ask, we can be like, oh yeah, here's this episode about that. 
That's yeah. what I say sometimes. I'm like, we need to do an episode on this so I can refer it to people when they ask because people ask about this a lot. So it's like actually the podcast becomes a resource for us too. I know. Yeah, it's really helpful. You guys aren't the only ones that get a use out of this. So. <laughs> it helps <laughs> us help you. <laughs> yeah, help us help you. <laughs> so the nipple shield thing, we're going to talk about that. And also other interventions that are being used out there. So like interventions like the supplemental nursing system or pumps. See, I consider pumps a tool. Mm-hmm. And people might disagree with that because some people, I think, have the idea that pumps are a necessity, but I really feel like pumps are a tool. Um, Hakas, milk savers, all those things are great tools to use for breastfeeding, but they're, you know, they're just something that we have to kind of help us along, interventions to help us along if we need them. Yeah, and certainly pumps if you have to work. Right. Become like, a tool that you have to have and you have to learn and you have to, you know, utilize. Yeah. But they're not like necessary, you know, right. like, they're not necessary for breastfeeding. No, you don't right. need to have one. Um, so let's start with nipple shields. We're going to talk about those first because they seem to be, I mean, they're kind of popular. They're, they're very kind of- popular. We're very, there's a lot of people using nipple shields mm-hmm. and I don't, do people, are they overused? Are they, they're very hard to get off of. I've heard from, that's the big thing that I hear is like people trying to, once they start using it, then they're like, how do I stop using it? And I, and I feel like then there's kind of a lack of support there or something or a lack of education. I not, think. Yeah, yeah. Education on how to wean off or whatever. Well, I think one of the important things to remember with nipple shields, and this is really important to remember is that you really should be working with a lactation consultant if you have one or if you're using one. Um, And sometimes you'll get it. Like if you're in the hospital, they'll say, Oh, here, here's your, you know, we'll give you a nipple shield and I'll talk about more about that in a minute. But then, you know, obviously you're not in the hospital for your whole breastfeeding duration. So you leave the hospital and you're on this nipple shield and then you're like, okay, now what do I do? Oh, it's like the same thing with supplementing here. Just supplement your milk will come in and everything will be fine. Right. And then you go home and you're like, how do I stop? There's no. Right. Now, what do I do? What happens now? Now that I have this, you know, nipple shield, now that I'm doing this supplementing, like what, Mm -hmm. what do I do with this? So you should be working with a lactation consultant. What I have seen is when breastfeeders come out of the hospital with a nipple shield, they often do not know why they even have it. And there are specific reasons why. We use them. One of them for pain. So if you're having a lot of pain with a latch or you have like nipple damage, that can be very helpful. But why are you having that pain? That has to be figured out. You can't just like, sla- it'd be like putting a band aid on it and then you just keep re injuring yourself. Just, I'll oh, just keep putting that band aid on instead of figuring yeah. out why you're bleeding. You know, you can't, it's just a band aid until we figure out what's going on. So if like, does the baby have a tongue tie? Is that a situation where maybe we need to use a nipple shield until we get that tongue tie fixed or revised, if that's what you choose to do, the nipple shield can be helpful. So pain is one thing. If the baby's really having a hard time latching, that can be a helpful thing too. But why is the baby having a hard time latching? We need to figure that out. The thing that I, probably the number one reason why I see them being given in the hospital 
is because they say the, the breastfeeder has flat nipples. That's the number no. one reason that I see. And probably the majority of the time, that person does not have flat nipples. Oh, wow. So what happens is a lot of times it's a lot of fluid. So you get a lot of fluid and, you know, during labor, your body gets fairly swollen, your breast tissue gets very swollen, and the baby has a really hard time latching when you're swollen up like that. So they give you a nipple shield, which is very helpful. But what they're saying to you is, oh, your nipples are flat. So now we have to give you a nipple shield. So what? It's, it's that person's fault. Now we're blaming the breastfeeder because her nipples aren't perfect. It drives me crazy. What's a perfect nipple? I mean, babies right. can latch onto nipples. It's not nipple feeding. That's what I always tell people. It's breastfeeding. It's not nipple feeding. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have anything to do with that, really. I mean, it really, we shouldn't be scared of a flat nipple. But in the hospital, they're not necessarily trained for all problems, right? They just, and they want your baby to feed. They're not there to nurture your breastfeeding relationship. They're there to make sure that your baby is feeding so that they don't have to worry about blood sugar and jaundice and all of that other stuff that goes along with a newborn not feeding. Right. They need to get things evened out as quickly as possible because they want you out. Right. You know, they bring you in, they want your birth to go a certain way, and then they need your recovery to go to a certain way so you can get out. I mean, they have like policies, procedures, protocols to like make all of that happen as quickly as possible. So when there's bumps in the road, they use these tools instead of they don't have the time to be like, well, you know, let's let's get a whole team in here and figure this out. Like, that's not what happens in a hospital. No. And often the nipple shield is given by somebody who is not the lactation consultant. Yeah. Because you might not have a lactation consultant to see, number one. They might not be there all the time, number two. They might be busy and can't see you, number three. Yeah. And your nurse is the one, one you're going to be seeing. For, there's one for a whole hospital. Yeah, often that's the case if they have one at all. Right. So... Now you're, you know, the nurses are the ones that are helping you and they can't be trained in every single thing. So they want your baby to get on. If you're struggling to get your baby latched and they're like, oh, okay, let's try this because it's like a guarantee. But now we don't know what is the real reason why your baby needs this. Why, why is this? Why do we have this? Because right. it's probably Whatever not issue. the real reason. Yeah. That's like with any intervention. If you're like, if you're just kind of stepping in and putting a bandaid on it, as we say then the problem that that is whatever the issue is not is not getting addressed and it doesn't just go away on its own so exactly. whenever you decide to take this nipple shield off that issue is still going to be there which is why families have a hard time coming off of them right and that's why you hear that that's and i i firmly believe it i could be totally wrong but i've worked with a lot of families that have had nipple shields if we solve the problem of why the baby has the shield to begin with or why the baby needs the nipple shield to begin with, then we won't need it. But if we haven't solved the problem, they're not going to come off of it. So where people are like, the baby's addicted to the nipple shield. No, we probably haven't figured out why they have it yet. It hasn't been, we haven't figured out the problem. So when they send you home with it and say, and this is one of my favorite things, 
they'll send them home and then they'll be like, don't use that for very long because it impacts your milk supply and it's bad. So don't use it. Good luck to you. (laughs) And then they like send you home. So now you have this family, this new family that is like, what do we do here? We got to get off the nipple shield. I can't get off the nipple shield. It's going to ruin my breastfeeding relationship, which isn't true, by the way. And then they're stuck trying to figure things out for themselves. And they don't even know why they have it to begin with. I mean, it's crazy. There's (laughs) no help with this whatsoever. So if you have one, you should be working with a lactation consultant to figure out what is going on there. and. Sometimes I'll have people that just go out and buy them on their own because you can just get them. So now if you have a baby that's not latching well, mom might be like, oh, let me go grab a nipple shield. Okay, so why do we have it? Like what's happening here? So you really should be working with somebody to make sure that the problems are solved. Now, the other thing with the nipple shields is that they work really well with early babies, with preemie babies. You know, and preemie babies are really struggling to latch or they don't mm-hmm. have the strength to feed well, those nipple shields can be very, very helpful. So whereas some people kind of really discourage the use of nipple shields, they can be really, they can keep breastfeeding going while we figure out the problem of what's happening. So they're not all bad, but they don't get the follow-up that they need because it just isn't encouraged and they're not used the way they should be used, I guess is what I'm trying to say with that. Yeah. The the other thing I see a lot with the nipple shields is that new parents are told if you're using a nipple shield, you have to pump all the time because the baby does not stimulate the breast supply or the milk supply well if you're using a nipple shield. I have yet to see good research on that. Like I really there's really not good research on that at all. And if anybody else out there has any, I would love to see it because I have looked and I really cannot find any good research on that. In fact, I find just the opposite, to be quite honest. But if you are using a nipple shield and you're feeding your baby and you're pumping on top of it, then the the families that I have seen end up with a huge oversupply problem. And that's not something that we want either. So there has to be like a really good balance. You need to really be knowing what's going on here. And we have to just figure out the the main thing is to figure out why do we have this nipple shield to begin with? It's helpful to keep your breastfeeding relationship going, but you need to know why, why do we have it? Why are we using it? And we need to fix that problem. Yeah. So do people come to you a lot with nipple shield issues? So me, most of the time when I hear about nipple shields, people are saying I'm using a nipple shield and I'm trying to get off of the nipple shield. And they always seem to be kind of confused about why it was, why they were using it to begin with. You know, they just got it in the hospital. Yeah. They've been on it since the beginning, but they want to stop using it, but they don't know how. Yeah, it's hard. That's yeah. And And you feel like... They're kind of, they're a pain. I mean, they're, they're very helpful. They said they really can help to keep your baby at the breast, but then you're kind of dependent on this other thing to help you feed your baby. And in the middle of the night, and it's another thing to wash and then, oh, the dog ate it. And it's just like, you just have to, can't just 
stick the baby on and that's it. You have to mess around trying to make sure you have your shield with you. And it's, it's really hard. Right. I mean, I you... have definitely had babies where I was like, the mom was like, I, I have a nipple shield. I'm like, okay, let's try without it. And the baby goes on great and never needed it to begin with. But the nurse in the hospital couldn't get the baby latched well or couldn't guide the mother to get the baby latched well. So they used a nipple shield. So now this mom for the first three or four days of the baby's life is thinking, I can't do this on my own. I need help. Yes. And let's talk about more about that after a word from our sponsors. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is a nursing bra specialist, passionate about breastfeeding and the many benefits it offers for parent and bub and the environment. Breastfeeding, while natural, doesn't always come naturally to everyone. That's why they have made it their mission to empower breastfeeders as they mindfully navigate the world of parenthood and help make breastfeeding easier through experience-driven innovation. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras, which includes seamless, sleep, flexible wired, non-wired, sports, padded plunge, t-shirt, and fuller busted bras in sizes ranging from 30A to 42K. Within, with 13 years of experience under their belt, Cake Maternity is renowned for their quality, fit, and support. Cake has you covered for your maternity and nursing bra needs. Head to cakematernity.com and use code BADASS15 for 15% off of your purchase. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The original Milk Saver is designed to wear on the opposite breast while breastfeeding, but sometimes we're leaking in between feedings when we're on the go or at work. The Milky's Milk Saver on the go is a discreet and comfortable breast milk collection system that requires zero effort on your part. You simply, simply slip them into your bra while your milk collects inside of them. When you are ready to empty them, you pour your milk into a storage bag to add to your stash or to use for any of the dozens of uses of breast milk. They cannot be seen under your clothes. They are small enough to carry in your purse and they're reusable. These can also be used to protect sore or cracked nipples while they heal as they create a small, open and protected area around your nipples. Save your precious breast milk, money, and the environment by cutting down or even eliminating the use of breast pads. Breast milk is worth saving. Check out Mel the Milky's Milk Saver on the go at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health. And use code BADASS for 15% off of your purchase. These sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Our show notes also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. You will also find breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one on -one online lactation consultation with Diane. And I have a shout-out of the week. Um, a shout-out goes to Diane's new friend. <laughs> Tanisha Evans Mar Marin I think is it, it is yeah um you can find uh her on Instagram at just for you doula she's a Donna certified doula CLC and childbirth ed educator in Harlem New York community-based doula um and there's more information at just for you doula.com and this is a beautiful news feed of breastfeeding information awesome um um, um not, not just breastfeeding breastfeeding um birth and um pregnancy information um from tanisha 
Evans Marin. She so- also trains doulas. So if you are in the New York City area and you are looking into becoming a doula, reach out to her. She can hook you up. Yeah, just for you doula. So you can get your training f- there. Head to justforyoudoula.com. Awesome. And that's all I got. And so what I wanted to say about the nipple shields is like people say to me, I'm not a lactation consultant. So like when when things like this come up, I'm like, I, you know, I got to I'm going to refer you on. But people say I can't get off of the nipple shield. You know, I'm trying to get off of it. So then it's like, well, why are you on it? Well, I mean, he was having some latching issues in the hospital and something that gave me a nipple shield. Okay, well, what were the latching issues? Well, I don't know. I just wouldn't latch. Okay, so this is the thing, is that there was a problem from the beginning that Mm -hmm. is still here. Hasn't been dealt with. So it's not just like, let's use a nipple shield and then let's have information about weaning off the nipple shield when we're ready. Because for whatever problem you're using the nipple shield for, that problem needs to be solved. Otherwise, yes. you can't just get off it. Right. Because the baby still won't latch. I mean, the baby has like a tongue tie or something, then it's still not going to be latching well. And that doesn't go away just because you're using a nipple shield. It's just shielding the problem. <laughs> but the other thing with it, too, is, you know, they say, OK, nipple shields can impact milk supply. That's one of the one of the mm-hmm. big arguments about nipple shields. Nipple shields can impact milk supply. And like I said, I've, I've really not seen good research on that. But you know what will impact milk supply? A baby that's not feeding well. Right. So how, how do we know? Is it the nipple shield that's really causing the problem? Or is it the problem of why the baby has a shield to begin with that's causing the milk supply problem? Like we need to fix the problem. That is the bottom line. And you really do need to be, if you leave the hospital with a, a nipple shield, if you choose to get one on your own because your baby's not latching and you didn't have the help in the hospital, so you just, you know, happen to get yourself a nipple shield, that's fine, but make sure you're working with a lactation consultant to determine what is going on there and why you why you need it because that is a really important piece of things. Mm-hmm. And I know people that have used them throughout their entire breastfeeding relationship, whether it's six months, nine months, 12 months. And that's, and they did fine and they were fine using it and they never, you know, went without it. That was, you know, totally up to them. But a lot of, a lot of breastfeeders I know just want to be done with it and want to get off of it. Yeah, I know. And I think they're told, they're told like, well, you can just use this for a little while. And then when things get better, you can take it off. Yeah. But that's stop using it. Yeah. (laughs) So then people think, well, okay, I'm ready to get rid of this. And and then there's no information about how to move forward. Yeah. So bottom line is, you know, we just need to, we need to figure out what the problem is. So that's what it comes down to. Now, supplemental nursers, we'll talk about those real quick. Those are a little bit more complicated because those are the ones like with the tube and you've got like the, you know, the milk, you've put the milk in the, in the little bottle and the little syringe type thing. And you've got the tube that goes to the breast and then the baby latches at the breast and can nurse getting milk from the tube while they're latched to the breast. So the idea behind a supplemental nurser, we call them SNS. The idea behind those is wonderful. Like in theory, it is a great idea. Because you're supplementing your baby right at the breast. It's a time saver. 
it can help. It keeps the baby at the breast, stimulating your supply. Like it can really be fantastic. We've seen families use those for adopted babies. We've seen them use them for newborn, you know, for like early, early newborns that need that extra supplementation. Um, but when you're putting it into practice, it can be really overwhelming because there's just like, it's just stuff, you know, like you're trying to figure out this tube and you're taping it to your nipple and you've got this bottle here and that's up on your shoulder, like clipped your clothing and, or you're wearing it around your neck in like, you know, this mm-hmm. bottle around your neck and you've got the tubing there and it's really hard to manipulate on your own until you really get the hang of it. So it can be very overwhelming and I don't see a lot of families able to keep up with it for very long because it, it's very overwhelming. So that is one of the reasons why people ask me sometimes, well, do you recommend a supplemental nurser? Like, you know, I, I don't most of the time because I find that families who are already overwhelmed get even more overwhelmed. And then they feel like I need all this stuff to breastfeed. And you really shouldn't need a lot of stuff to breastfeed. But if you are using a supplemental nurser, that is another situation where you really should have help from a lactation consultant. We need to know what's going on there so that we can, we can, deli- you know, get rid of that as soon as possible. So they're, they're kind of hard. They're, you know, they're, they're a challenge for sure. Sometimes you only use it in the hospital. You see it more with, you know, like I said, with maybe early babies, you maybe you're in the NICU, um, they might help you with something like that in the hospital, but going home with it by yourself can be really a difficult task to try to. Yeah. And up. I can see like that would be something that could also be over prescribed because if you have, um, you know, if you don't have any reason why a milk supply would be a problem for you, then again, we're just trying to work on helping the baby to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and if you do have some sort of issue where, where a whole, where a full milk supply is not possible for you, like you have the IGT condition where you just body just does not mate, which is very rare. But if you do mm-hmm. have that, that would obviously be really helpful if you want to have the breastfeeding experience. Exactly. Or for adoptive parents, like that could be amazing, you know, to, I mean, there is like ways to induce lactation for, you know, an adopt, adopted situation, but that can be really complicated too. And if you want to use, um, I've heard of situations where, somebody who is adopting giving up a baby for adoption will actually pump for that baby oh yeah and send the milk to the family and then that baby can actually breastfeed the milk that was made for them from their parent you know that's that mm-hmm. seems like amazing to me and what a wonderful like way to be able to do that or it doesn't have to be breast milk from the from the um, biological parent it could be whatever it is, but then you can have the breastfeeding experience with a with an adopted baby. And what a wonderful thing. But if it's just like, well, you know, we think cuz I can like in my experience in the hospital, I don't know if this is the if this is true. But I can see it being like, well, your milk's just not coming in or you're not, you know, and then just kind of throwing this tool at somebody. Yeah, that happens. Instead of actually again like just dealing with whatever getting help that you need to actually breastfeed if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yep. That's how it happens a lot of the time. Well, let's see if we can get, you know, like your baby needs more because you happen to have birthed a very hungry baby. (laughs) 
as opposed they to everybody eating. else's They were baby. fasting their final <laughs> trimester, so now they need extra food. Oh, <sighs> tell you, it's something else. So those are really the two biggest intervention tools that I see being used. Um, and then you've got like, you know, your pumps and stuff like that. And of course, those, like I said, I feel like those are kind of a tool to use as well, but they're so popular and just out there for the whole world to have Mm -hmm. um that you know and then the thing with the pumping I think everybody when you're pregnant you're like oh yeah I'll pump and you know it sounds like this great idea I'll pump so you know other people can feed and I'll pump whatever work and it's gonna be great and then you have this baby and it's like oh my god I don't want to pump you know, yeah. it's just one more thing and you have to pump when you're at work. So why would you want to pump at home? And it's just, uh, well, I feel like this is one of the things that's overprescribed too. Cause you get oh, into the yeah. hospital and then they're like, okay, well, so breastfeed for, you know, 10 minutes on each side and then pump, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Why are you taking your baby? That is the most efficient breast <laughs> stimulator known to man and we're putting on a machine yeah because this is somehow supposed to help your milk come in but that's not how it works and that's like that's you don't need a pump in order to make breastfeeding happen if you work and you need to be away from your baby for any reason that you need to be away from your baby while they need to have milk during the day then you need a pump you have to have that that's the tool that you're going to use to function to give your baby breast milk while you're not there but we have taken pumps and making it, making it, made it into, <laughs> made it into a thing that everyone, that we just tell everybody they need. Okay, you're a breast, mm-hmm. okay, you're planning to breastfeed, okay, so we'll get you a pump. Why? Right. We don't, you don't, what's the reason? Because you're breastfeeding and then you're going to pump in between feedings to help your milk come in? No, don't do that. So that everybody else can feed your baby? Well, okay. So if somebody chooses to do that, fine. I'm not going to speak on what people choose to do, but yeah, but you don't have to do that. No, it's not not even, it's not a necessity. It's not even the best way to get your milk to come in. It's not even the best way to create and establish your milk supply. Right. Which is, I think is what we're told. Pump in between feedings to help your milk come in. And the pumps are ridiculous now. It's like, they are, they are so unbelievable. That I'm surprised they don't come with milk. Like they're so <laughs> unbelievable. Now there are these pumps that you just wear them and nobody knows you have them on. You could just pump while you're in the grocery store and Yeah, you could just be pumping 24 hours a day. Like, oh, it makes it oh. so easy. You can pump while you're doing all the things you need to do. And it's it's great. And you know, they have made it like this. We have made breastfeeding a billion dollar industry because of these pumps and they're not cheap no and you're you know now you're stuck with more things to wash and more things to do and it feels like you have to have it like you have to have it you choose to like you said you choose to breastfeed you have to have this pump and not only just a pump you have to you better have the top of the line pump Mm -hmm. because that's what that's what we have now like every year we get more and more and more established with these pumps it's capitalism man it's here and oh it's here God. inside of breastfeeding full force and you can't see it if you 
do have a job yeah. where you need to have something like that. But it's just like, okay, so we expect you to multitask. We expect you to wear your pump and pump milk for your baby while you are doing all the other things you need to do. It's the, it's such a, uh, it's such a telling thing of our culture that like we glorify all the things we can do at the same time. Yeah. Right. Like look at the eight things I'm doing at the same time. If you sit down, you're a lazy MFer. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if you, you look at, look at this super, look at this super parent, like running around with her cape on doing eight different things at the same time and pumping too. Like <sighs> It's exhausting. We, it's totally overwhelming, the expectations that we put on ourselves and each other. And it's just all, it's like, again, it's all capitalism. It's all just this marketing of these products that you need to have. Um, and you need to get this done. You need to be doing that. And you need to be doing that. And don't you, don't you need to be doing this? And you know, you need to be doing that. And so you can buy this and this and this and this and this to get these things done. I mean, it's- the best thing you can do is lay down with your newborn baby and lay there and do nothing. Just and I realize that's that that's also unrealistic because we all think that we need to be doing all, all these things and there's many things that we do need to be doing. Um, but as close as you can get to that is the direction that we should be going. And it's it's heartbreaking to me when I see new parents that are breastfeeding, pumping, you know, it, it's just enjoy yeah. your baby. You're handing your newborn yeah. baby off to somebody else to hold while you attach yourself to a machine. Yeah, right. I mean, the bottom line is you do not need a pump to make breastfeeding work. You need to you need a pump to make being away from your baby work if that's something that needs to happen. But you do not need a pump to make breastfeeding work. Yeah. If you're doing all those things, definitely consult with a lactation consultant and find out why you need to be doing all those things. You know, and if you're like, okay, breastfeeding is established, it's working. I want to, you know, get myself a stash for when I go back to work. That's fine. Like that's not what we're yeah. talking about. We're talking about you know, families that really have the idea in their head that the minute that baby comes out, they have to start pumping or breastfeeding is right. not going to work That's for them. Not even a good idea because no, you're going to end up not. oversupply and it's going to be all messed up. And the other thing is that we think that we need to have a giant stash before we go back to work. And you don't need to have that giant stash. You do not need to have the picture on Instagram of the thousands of ounces of milk in the, in the freezer. Mm-mm. That is an oversupply. That is probably somebody who's donating the milk. Um, you need to have literally, if you're going to be pumping at work, the amount of work you need to have, the amount of milk you need to have is that day's milk. Yes. Because then you're pumping the next day's milk. If yep. you want to have an extra day in there, fine. But you do not need to have that entire giant freezer stash. And that's another thing that starts people. I got to start pumping now. I got to go back to work. No, it's no, not. Don't do much. that right away. No, that's too much to do. Enjoy your baby back and enjoy your baby. But bottom line, if you are using some kind of tool or intervention to help your breastfeeding along, make sure you're consulting with somebody and find out like why you why you're needing to do that. Because we want breastfeeding to be as seamless and easy as possible for you. Yep, perfect. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.